0: This work-in-progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. This week on Still Ripples, God uses Leviathan to further humble Job. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Well, guys, we are rounding the third base line, heading on home. We are in verse uh, one of chapter 41 of the book of Job. Did that kind of backwards, but sorry. there you go. Um, we've got uh, 41, and then of course the next one you're going to see is 42. Uh, as always, uh, Brian, why don't you give us kind you of know a 41 typically, or 42 well, typically? Well, I, I agree. I'm, I'm excited. I,
1: I can't <laughs> help it. I'm sorry. But no. All <laughs> right, so. Um, Last week, uh, as far as what in 40 cover, just in a, in a little uh, gist here, we see that uh, God presented his case, and now he gave Job an opportunity. We actually get to see Job speak for a little bit, but uh, Job admitted, admits that he has no case to present. Uh, number two, we, uh, we get this idea that until we are silenced before God, You know he can't do for us what needs to be done. You know because we're you know we're rejecting. We don't we don't want to listen. Number three. Now God said uh, the one who has really been being condemned is himself. Because remember that whenever whenever this there's this concentration where you're like you know I'm the one you know I'm uh, you know I didn't do anything wrong I didn't do anything wrong you know uh, but I'm being condemned. You whenever you're throwing that up there, there's only the other aspect of it. If you didn't do anything wrong, then there is the Implicitness and whatever of of God doing something wrong, and so I mean, Job may not have been aware of that or whatever, but uh, he's made aware of that mm-hmm. in that chapter. And uh, number four, we see in verses uh, verses 40, or excuse me, chapter 40, verses 19 through 14, that to contend with God is to suggest and assume some sort of equality with God. So you have to be careful with that. And finally, in five, we see uh, that uh, defaming God. Uh, was in essence uh, a, a usurping of div- a divine authority and that was another thing that was kind of uh, we kind of mentioned on touched on as far as uh, most of the translations basically continue this on as if God is continuing to speak which there's evidence that he was doing that mm-hmm. but some of the translations, I think I found five yeah five different titles for this section New American Standard Bible uh, titles it God's Power Shown in Creatures, which is the same as the last title. Uh, the God's Word Translation entitles it The Lord Continues, Can You Conquer the Leviathan, Joe. New, uh, New Living Translation calls this The Lord's Challenge Continues. The Net Bible entitles it The Description of Leviathan. And the Message, which I thought was a very point-blank on... Uh, very blunt title as as it typically is but this one I I just really thought it kind of encapsulated the whole section it says I run this universe Mm -hmm. you know
0: speaking in terms of God So, alright guys well let's jump on in chapter 41 can you pull in Leviathan with a hook or tie his tongue down with a rope can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook Will he beg you for mercy or speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you so that you can take him as a slave forever? Can you play with him like a bird or put him on a leash for the for your girls? Will traders bargain for him or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay a hand on him you will remember the battle and never repeat it. Any hope of capturing him proves false. Does a person not collapse at the very sight of him? No one is ferocious enough to rouse Leviathan. Who then can stand against me? Who confronted me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven belongs to me. I cannot be silent among his limbs his power and his graceful proportions. Who can strip off his outer covering? Who can penetrate his double layer of armor? Who can open his jaws, surrounded by those terrifying teeth? His pride is in his rows of scales, closely sealed together. One scale is so close to another that no air can pass between them. They are joined to one another So closely connected, they cannot be separated. We'll uh, stop there. Again, you know, in the previous chapter, God started describing Behemoth and how there is no power that can take down the Behemoth, and He's bringing in another. Uh, gargantuan of a creature uh, known as Leviathan seems even worse. Is, yeah, it seems oh, even or worse. Even more powerful in some ways. Because at least with Behemoth, there it, it seemed like there was some sort of a chance, and with Leviathan, I mean, people collapsed just at the sight of this thing. Well, I think I think uh, you know, to kind of uh, mm-hmm.
1: add your point a little bit. As far as some sort of chance, I mean, you have one creature that eats grass when it seems like it should be eating something like meat or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but it's a grass, and that's behemoth. It's a grass eating creature. Small section covered in it, mm-hmm. but you get an idea of a powerful creature. I'm not saying necessarily a peaceful creature, but it kind of reads like that in some mm-hmm. ways that it's a powerful creature. You don't want to mess with it. Stuff doesn't scare it, essentially. Mm-hmm. But then uh, you move down to Leviathan, and I think one of the words that you read that really mm-hmm. captures it whenever it talks about. We, what we can't do it. It says uh, in verse 10 no one is ferocious enough to rouse Leviathan. Mm-hmm. So you have this idea of a ferocious creature. It says rose of teeth. So, so you have this idea of a meat-eating creature. So you mm-hmm. go from one that eats grass but it's powerful and nothing really bothers it. Then you go to another creature that it's so ferocious and everything that nothing can rouse it, nothing can scare it or do anything to it. So it had... And, and I love this because... There's always going to be that one people or one excuse me one uh, persons or whatever that's going to be like. Well, you mentioned this creature, but what mm-hmm. about this other creature? And so God gives us two examples here. Mm-hmm. One of a, a powerful creature that that eats grass or whatever that that. that but then here comes along a, another powerful, because someone's going to look at it and say, you know, kind of like when we were kids and we argued, mm-hmm. which one's more powerful? You got the brontosaurus over mm-hmm. here. Oh, no, no, we got the T-Rex over here that has all these teeth and everything. And and so he worked, God is working both sides of it to show mm-hmm. you that you have these powerful creatures. And I love the part that he mentions in that, and I'm sure you were going to get mm-hmm. to it, and I'm sorry for, if I take that from you. But it says... <laughs> uh, you know of course one of my favorite parts is uh, in uh, verse 11 where it says everything under heaven belongs to me you go up a couple of verses in the latter part of verse 10 who then can stand
0: against mm-hmm. me wow yeah and uh, that's that's the part that kind of brings it right back around to what god's presenting he's describing this great creature <clears throat> and he's like and this creature is nothing compared to my authority i have control i have total control and authority over this creature. So, in that, uh, like you said, uh, who then can stand against me? So, he's comparing Leviathan, this amazingly powerful creature. So, if you can't stand against him, what chance do you have standing against me? Mm-hmm. Who confronted me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven belongs to me. And, like, you know, Brian mentioned, uh, it says in the Message Bible. I control the universe. I control everything. Everything under the heaven belongs to God. There is nothing that God doesn't own. He created everything from these creatures. And even before that, you know, he was talking about the ostrich, the goat, um, all these other different animals. So, you know, the way that he's presenting these questions, uh, we've said it before, I'll say it now. It's a humbling experience to look at all of these different things and understand that there is a greater hand at work, that God controls all of these in a kind of perfect harmony where, you know, some of the most docile creatures can still have their babies without fear of them being all eaten up, or, you know, a wild creature could. You know, have something to eat. Well,
1: this right here coincides mm-hmm. with some of the stuff that Christ said in the you know, in the gospel, he said, you know, not a bird, you know, not a bird or a raven or whatever falls without God knowing. Exactly. And so it continues with this theme that everything falls under the purview of God's authority. Mm-hmm. I mean there's nothing outside there's nothing that that oh, you know, guys, oh, you know, I missed that one mm-hmm. or or that doesn't fall under my authority, let me contact this other deity or whatever. No, it it you know, it falls under the the purview of God's authority. In reference to Leviathan, you know, just a couple of you know interesting things. Uh, some commentators say that it's a crocodile and stuff like that. The actual word Leviathan, when it's transliterated of, of a Hebrew word, the root of which means to ride, uh, to twist or ride, mm-hmm. and then I think it literally means the twisted animal. I think that's some mm-hmm. translations it. One thing that I, that I thought was interesting to note, and yeah, this doesn't have anything to do with the you know the meaning of the scripture, mm-hmm. but. To kind of go against the idea that it may have been like a crocodile or something, uh, one commentator was mentioning the fact that he said that crocodiles have no tongue or, in the very least, they have a small tongue. Mm-hmm. And so the whole aspect of tying down a tongue with a rope, that kind of has a different uh, understanding mm-hmm. there. I mean, maybe it could have been a different creature or one that's even more vicious. I like what one of them said. That They said regardless of what the creature is, you know, because nowadays we'll be like, oh, look at all the weapons and stuff we have. That mm-hmm. isn't the point. When it's you by yourself mm-hmm. as a man against this creature, and you have nothing else, mm-hmm. and whenever you're in the time of Job, and that's all you have, yeah, this creature is not going to be scared of what you mm-hmm. what you can do to it. Exactly. And I love uh, how God mentions like eight different weapons that the Leviathan literally just well, if you laugh, you would laugh. Mm-hmm. I guess you should say, or figuratively laugh. But uh, and he treats them as pieces of straw or rotten wood. I mean, they're nothing to him. Uh, it really does paint a picture to you of this creature that is something to be feared. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And you know, that's where you've got to as as this picture is being painted, you know, Job's already said I've I've I have nothing to say. I don't I and it's just him being silent as God continues to describe. Mm-hmm. And we're not even through with the description of this creature yet. Um but, like Brian said, they mention, you know, can you fill its hide with harpoons or fishing spears or all these... So you get a picture of the weapons of that time being used against this creature and it just shrugging them off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like Brian said, yeah, today we can, you know, well, will just blow it up with a whatever. But at that time, that stuff didn't exist. Yeah. So the intimidation factor, the scare of this creature... I mean, would ha- would be immense. Yeah, and of course. The focus isn't, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't
1: don't let it look like we're getting wrapped up in the creature, but mm-hmm. it, it's the concept of it mm-hmm. that it is a creature that man cannot tame, that he cannot sell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to someone else. Because I think it says like merchants, what yeah. merchants would what? Yeah, what it says in uh, the latter part of verse six, or divide mm-hmm. him amongst the merchants. They don't want anything to do with this creature. Mm-hmm. They're scared to death of it. Mm-hmm. The idea is, you know, the power and the and authority and, yeah. and authority that this, this creature has, but then. There's God. Mm -hmm. As scripture says, you know, oftentimes, but God. Exactly. It always goes back to him. Mm -hmm. So continuing on in verse 18. His snorting flashes with light, while his eyes are like rays of dawn. Flaming torches shoot out of his uh, mouth. Fiery sparks fly out. Smoke billows from his nostrils as from a boiling pot or burning reeds. His breath sets coals ablaze and flames pour out of his mouth. Strength resides in his neck and dismay dances before him. The folds of his flesh are joined together, solid as metal and immovable. His heart is as hard as rock, as hard as a lower millstone. When Leviathan rises, the mighty are terrified. They withdraw because of his thrashing. The sword that reaches him will have no effect, nor will a spear, dart, or arrow. He regards iron as straw, bronze as rotten wood, no arrow, arrow can make him flee. Slingstones become like stubble to him. A club is regarded as stubble, and he laughs at the sound of a javelin. His undersides are jagged pot spreading the mud like a thrashing sledge. He makes the depths sieve like a cauldron. He makes the sea like an ointment jar. He leaves a shining wake b- uh, behind him. One would think... One would think the deep had gray hair. He has no equal on earth. A creature devoid of fear. He conveys everything that is haughty. He is king over all the proud beasts. So while that really, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's
0: king over all the proud beasts. So and then he's devoid of fear. He has no equal on mm-hmm. earth. And that's where you know you were, you mentioned that we're not getting caught up on the creature. It's it's the power. It's the authority. He surveys everything that is haughty. He is king over all the proud beasts, yet God is in authority over this creature. The creature that is king of all proud beasts. And God still issues every one of his steps. And I think that's just so just just a testament to the power and authority of what God is conveying to Job is you know back at the beginning job was asking a lot of questions and i want to i want to go to trial with god i want to i want all of this to you know i want my accuser to come before me and tell me and he tried to put himself on on equal footing with god and god has come in and presented some stuff that is very humbling mm-hmm. you know where you've got to sit back and say wow it's it's to me reading stuff like this it's like standing on top of a mountain watching the sun rise and just seeing all of this amazing creation that he has made and just standing in awe and realizing his amazing power that the sun does not rise or set without his command it's just so humbling <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that I think is interesting is if you're reading this and and, and kind of understanding it and everything, God gives a sense of He's showing Job and reminding Job in well, in a sense, He's putting him on. Uh, he's not really equating him because you know mm-hmm. we're we're, we're uh, created in the image of God, but as far as being a created being, He's basically telling him, your fellow created beings here, you know, Behemoth and Leviathan, you can't even subdue them. Mhm. You know. And, and and as you said, you hit it perfectly as far as what could possibly be a theme here in in God's direction. Humility. Yeah. Showing us what humility is because, I mean, just the whole concept of that. Here, here are two creatures that I have created along with you and you can't even subdue them.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: coming to me yeah. for this.
0: You know, that's kind of an interesting thing when you look at the the life that we, we lead these days, mm-hmm. you know, we constantly call out God and there are those that say, well, you know, if, if God is real, then why does he do this? Why does he do he they they take, you know, as, as Brian mentioned, there's two different types of question. There's, you know, the questioning of authority, and then there's, you know, a legitimate inquiry of understanding. And a lot of times we go into that arrogance of questioning God's power and authority, and something like this, it kind of brings it right back around to where I I would say where we kind of need to get back to is a sense of humility, uh, a sense of being humble to the power that God has, and you know, not to get away from uh, you know creating things and inventing things and moving forward, but understanding that uh, you know science and creations and things like that that's that comes from god and it, when when we get outside of this uh, this state of humility you know we start kind of falling into the place that job was calling god out saying well i mean just calling him out well, one thing we have to understand
1: is that if you're not being humble, you're being something else. Mm-hmm. You're, and so the op- you know opposite of someone that's being humble is pride. Mm-hmm. You're going to latch to that pride and have a haughty heart and everything. Mm-hmm. But the, and another thing that we have to remember uh, remember is that faith mm-hmm. has to be coupled with humility. You mm-hmm. can't have a prideful faith. I mean, no, you're not because you're going to do stuff like this. You're going to try to call God out and you as if He has as if he has to answer to us. Mm-hmm. And that is not how it is because we did not create Him. He created us. Exactly. We're sub- we subject to Him, not Him subject to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we talked about, that's the whole concept of like the Santa Claus God and everything. Mm-hmm. He does, I mean, what kills me is what is so humbling about it is sometimes God does talk mm-hmm. to us. And, 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 and in this instance, He does actually answer Job. He doesn't have to. But he does, and to me, that that in itself is humbling. Mm-hmm. The fact that the, uh, unlike what the deists would say and everything, the creator of all the universe and everything actually takes the time. I mean, even though he has all the time in the world, but he actually <laughs> <Yeah>. takes, <laughs> actually takes time and goes, you know what? You know, as you were mentioning, you know, making mm-hmm. the sun come up and down and stuff. All this stuff that God does, all these blessings and miracles, everything that's under His authority, He actually takes the time and says, "All right," and addresses Job. That's mm-hmm. awesome that is incredible and that's something we can take from it because we, we, we talk, you know, why isn't God answering me and my questions? He answered Job and Job is an example.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, something that we were actually kind of talking about before uh, this episode, we were talking about how some people go through some of the most craziest lifestyles and when they come to a repentance, when they when they come to Christ, just that, that That sense of humility and just listening to what they're saying, the way that they talk, you know, they get that God is the ultimate power and authority. They were, you know, I was living for myself. I was living in that pride. I thought that I had it all together. It's very when when you focus on me so much, that's when the pride can start welling up, and when you can kind of, kind of try to put God into a box or put God over here or God over there or you know God you're supposed to bless me now why haven't you done that and stepping back and saying God I can do nothing without you it's it's getting to that point and you know like I said the next the next one is 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 the end of uh, the book of Job, we've been doing this for a, almost over a year, if I'm not mistaken, and it's 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 been a blessing to just see from the the very start of it to where we're going to get to next week. Of you know, God is a merciful God. He is he is truly loving and caring and with this humility there comes something so much greater uh, again that's kind of a, a tease yeah. into next week but or whenever you listen to it next but um
1: i wanted to share uh, two quotes one of them kind of uh, encapsulates the scripture and you know builds off of it and another one is one i want to leave you with the first one is by c.s lewis and in, in, in his book mere christianity he said as long as you are proud you cannot know god a proud man is always looking down on 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 things and people and of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. The other one is uh, from Dietrich Bonhoeffer and he said, "It's not that God is the spectator and sharer of our present life, however important that is, but rather that he that we are the reverent listeners and participants in God's action in the sacred story, the history of Christ on earth." And I think that that's what it always comes back down to. Mm-hmm.
0: If you would, join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, as we uh, come to you uh, right now, Lord, just lifting up your name, uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity just to read out of your word, Lord. I pray that if uh, anybody uh, out there is uh, sick or in pain, Lord God, that you would just give them comfort, that you would give them your grace. Uh, Lord, your Your word tells us that your grace is sufficient, and Lord, we just lean on that. I pray that you would uh, watch over us and take care of us, Lord, and uh lead and guide us in your ways is what you would have us to do. I pray that uh, if there's anybody that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that they would come to know you before it's too late, Lord. And I pray that you would just humble our hearts, that you would just You would take the pride and strip it away from us so that we could be humbled before you. Lord, bring us back here safely uh, to this, this community, Lord, and uh, thank you for this ministry, and I pray that you'd continue to bless it. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And now for a proverb. Proverbs 19, 26-29 The one who assaults his father and evicts his mother is a disgraceful and shameful son. If you stop listening to correction, my son, you will stray from the words of knowledge. A worthless witness mocks justice and a wicked mouth swallows iniquity. Judgments are prepared for mockers and beatings For the backs of fools. You guys can, uh, as always, check us out on the web at www.stillripples.org. There you'll find our Facebook, our blog that is
1: ongoing. Uh, We also have Twitter and Google+, and a phone number. You can reach us by it, uh, which I can't even recall right now, but it is... Yeah, it's a one six nine ripple that's R-I-P-P-L-E, and thank Craig for remembering, and he apparently mm-hmm. has not
0: memorized. Yep. Which, uh, you know, as always, uh, we are very thankful to Craig and everything, and uh, if you guys haven't, stay tuned to the end of some of the videos. I'm, I'm just saying that because I got to experience it this evening, and it was amazing. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, just to uh, kind of... Apparently we have to be careful what we say. This cause is very true, because out the end day. of it so but yeah. as yeah. always guys the way, start job, we started uh, job in 2011 wow. so it's been uh, two and a half years but we're reaching it it's okay. it's awesome yeah. so uh you know god bless you guys take care I know you're trying too hard. I'm sorry.
1: I know this is one of your favorite books because you like the Leviathan. I love the Leviathan. Our chapters, I should say, because I remember
0: we have talked about it. Mm-hmm. I've actually been looking forward to this myself. I studied mm-hmm. this when I wrote my movie. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I, some connections I, I, I firmly believe, personally, that these are legitimate creatures of that time, which supports the idea I'd say there's of, no reason not to yeah. considering that they just throw it out there along with the ostrich and everything mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. yeah you know? And well,
1: and, well the, the thing about it is that, and like if you read any Christian theologian they try mm-hmm. to say that it's like a crocodile mm-hmm.
0: or something. and it's <laughs> kind of like hippo. Uh, um, sounds a lot so, bigger than that yeah. and,
1: and the one that I was reading the ones that I were, were, uh, was uh, was reading uh, were reading mm-hmm. um, they pointed out that they kept calling it a hippo but they even pointed out they said well like, they pointed out, well, this part sounds like an elephant, actually. And then they go, this part sounds more like a hippo, and it's more so the hippo And than neither the elephant. of them have tails that could that do. That yeah. And so it's like, it's supporting well, unless, the idea of...
0: microevolution has changed the animals since then, you know, like the... The, the, the adaptation well, based that off of some of the one.
1: theories of what certain animals look like, that mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially after you know this at the, at the end of the supposed ice age, all these different animals and how they looked, it's kind of like it could be any of those. But it's like there's no there's no reason to believe, especially after they thawed a mammoth one time and they fed it to dogs. You ever hear about that? I, re- I read that read about that like a long time ago, back in high school, that they found a mammoth a long time ago. It was completely preserved, frozen and the people that had found it basically thawed the meat out, they cooked it, and fed it to their dogs, and it was fine. And so it's like, with creatures like that, I mean, they could have had something like that back then. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, this whole, and that's where I that's where I, I kind of get off on being a little upset about some of these commentaries. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it makes me want to say to them, "You really have your hand in the head in the sand. You don't want to admit that it could have been something else. Mm-hmm. You want to say that it's a hippo for the uh, the. Uh, that's what most of them say. It's a hippo for the behemoth. Mm-hmm. It is a crocodile a for the leviathan. leviathan. And it's like, I'm sorry, mm. but uh, whoa. One thing I'll point out that I liked. What one one commentary admit
0: have all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the mm-hmm. extinctions
1: that... Yeah. You know. yeah. One thing that I loved that this one commentary did admit, he said, where it talks about tongue... And this is King James' version, mm-hmm. but it says the tongue lettest down... Question, he even put a question mark at it. He said, uh, the crocodile has no tongue. Or a small one cleaving to the... Or he goes, on in the very least, a small one cleaving to the jaw. Well, That's
0: it. And the fact of the matter is, they've, we have dinosaurs in history. It's yeah. in the even the the science, like dinosaurs exist mm-hmm. it describes these exact things mm-hmm. we can't we can't deny that it existed mm-hmm. because we have the actual uh bone structure of these things mm-hmm. so when you have scripture supporting it it gives the bible that much more validity there are creatures except that them. the scientists come back and say well you're an idiot you're trying to tell me. That the humans in yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, because there are human footprints that were stepped on by a dinosaur. But they're still denying that, because I heard that again today. I heard it again today. They're like, oh,
1: you're, you're an idiot, because you're saying that humans and dinosaurs It's like,
0: well, and it's, so We happens. were told from the time we're a child, that was the biggest issue I ever had, was, okay, so the dinosaurs went extinct, and then, you know, the people came along, and then there was Noah's Ark. But that's not what the Bible says. The mm-hmm. Bible says everything was created in this span. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. So you you look at that, and I'm like, wait. So the Noah's Ark happen. Some people insert. They
1: do the they do the original creation between mm-hmm.
0: verses one and two. Mm-hmm. And, that,
1: that's all. That's wrong. They've, uh-huh. I mean, theologians oh, have yeah. proven that that's wrong because they they said the language does not account for a dual a, dual a, a uh, creation.
0: Uh, I watched. Uh, part of a special called Band.